Hi, I'm Tony. I'm Patrick. Welcome to Cave to the Cross Apologetics. Today we are going to start a brand new book. Ta-da. And uh, it's called Why Should I Believe Christianity? It's actually part of a working project where they are putting together 10 books in this particular series. Right? Right. I believe this is the first one. This one is by James Anderson, and James Anderson is the uh, general editor of all of the books that they're putting together. Right. right? Whereas he teaches at... Um, Reformed Theological Seminary, and uh, that's where our good friend, I say friend because he just doesn't know it yet, but <laughs> Michael J. Kruger, yeah. uh, that, that's his school. And uh, he comes uh, to us by the way of uh, Edinburgh, um, uh, Scotland. So he has an accent. So, you know, he knows what he's talking about just from that alone. (laughs) That's right. Get more authority if (laughs) you have an accent. Absolutely. Thanks, James. Yeah. (laughs) It's not German anymore. Right. So, okay. Um, so he's uh, actually an ordained minister in in the Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. Uh, he came from uh, Scotland and specialized in philosophical theology, religious epistemology, and Christian apologetics. His doctoral thesis at the University of Edinburgh was uh, explored the paradoxical nature of certain Christian doctrines and the implication of, for rationality of the Christian faith. And um, his research and writing has also focused on the presuppositionalism on Cornelius Van Til, particularly his advocacy of the transcendental argument, wow. or TAG. Cool. And so that that's kind of what he's known for. If you've seen interviews with him, um, he's very knowledgeable on that subject, and I, you almost get an understanding of it the first time that he talks about. It, so <laughs> yeah, good. So tag that's the transcendental argument for God, and uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, presuppos that's the presuppositionalist argument, yeah. right? And so we'll get a chance to uh, work through that a little bit, and folks can see what uh, at least to a certain extent what presuppositionalism is all about. Yeah, right? so that's one of the reasons why we kind of chose this book is um, there are a plethora of of good introductory um, uh, presuppositional apologetics what is it uh, what's it look like how does it compare and contrast but this one um kind of uh, uh hones in on just uh pre- presenting what um what the worldview is uh what um presuppositionalism is how to kind of look at it we, we looked at it too before with uh, jason lyle's book we looked at it definitely with nancy piercy's book um but this one is uh, kind of a, a a more general one but uh it's still a, a well-presented one and having um Dr. Anderson uh, presented in the way that he does, um, I, I think is going to be helpful for for um, everyone involved. So, um, uh, why Christianity? Uh, why should I believe Christianity? Yeah. Is the the title of the book, and um, uh, it's usually on sale for uh, Kindle, and uh, we encourage you to pick it up. Links uh, for the uh, physical and the Kindle book are in the description below, and so uh, we ask that uh, you join us uh, in our book club so yeah. that we can learn why should we should believe. Christianity, <laughs> or anything at all. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we we start out this uh, introduction. He starts, yeah, he with, starts with a story, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this this is uh, chapter one introduction. Why believe? Why yeah. believe anything? That's right. <laughs> so um, he he starts off with a story that says uh, uh, Don, Donald had just been told by Doctor Campbell that he had been diagnosed with a very aggressive form of cancer that required immediate intensive treatment. Wow. Faced wow. with this grim, so he needs to start right away. Right, right away. Yeah. And so faced with this grim medical opinion, uh, Donald simply refused to believe it. So Donald got a second opinion. Not, not, not a bad thing to do. Right. But then he got a third and a fourth and a fifth. And every doctor ran the same tests and came back with the same diagnosis as Dr. Campbell. Oh. He's got cancer. He's got cancer. I mean, there, there it is. All of these folks are right. in agreement, right? right? So the reality was that he had cancer. He didn't believe Dr. Campbell's diagnosis. 
But here's the question: Why should he have believed it? And uh, if or or, or uh, and if so, you know, uh, what makes what would make him believe it? Right? right. Why should anyone? Is the question that we want to get at in this chapter, or at least one of them? Why should anyone believe anything? Right. right? Should he have believed Dr. Campbell? That's the issue. Right. right. <clears throat> it's always good to get a second opinion. Maybe, maybe there's a different truth out there yeah. that we can go to. So it's about truth and reasons. Hey, what do you know? At the most fundamental level, we should believe things because they are true. Not really a profound statement, <laughs> but also a really profound statement. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's an important statement, right? right? Yeah. Because, uh, and we go back to the to uh, Mitch Stokes' um, uh, links below. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a good book, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, uh, evolution has uh, encouraged us to uh, believe things for survival necessity, not really because they're true. Right. And so, right. two plus two equals four in the sense that it's true to help you survive, to know how many or, predators or out there in the world. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or it may not be true, it but may not it, be it, true. it adds their survival value. Right, right. right. So, yeah. so that's the only thing. Yeah. But here's the radical thing. We should believe them because they're true. What Then we ask the question, what is truth there? Yeah. So we recognize that our beliefs should be true beliefs rather than false beliefs. Right. And one could argue also that if evolution is true and it's survival, then it seems like you should want to believe True things, real true things over false things. Yeah. yeah. So, most at the most fundamental level, the idea is we believe things or we want to believe things because they are, um, because they're true. Right. That's why we should believe them, right? And so, when we ask why should we believe that, you know, that we should believe things because they're true, <laughs> we're really asking why should we believe that that's true, right? In other words, uh, what we're looking for are reasons, reasons to believe that it, that uh, it really is true. Correct. Right. So reasons give us, uh, you know, they are uh, statements or uh, sentences that um, tell us, give us, re- you know, um, confidence that what we're saying or what we're considering or what we're believing is true. Right. Reasons usually take the form he tells us of information, argumentation, or evidence that connects what we already know with what we don't yet believe to be true. Right. So so here we know this over here. We're not sure about this over here. And so reasons are connect the two, right? So it takes us basically from what we know to what we don't know yet uh, and, and helps us to have a good um, uh, grasp of why we should why we should believe that. Right. right? So the, one of the things that I can think of is uh, what are stars made up of in distant galaxies? Well, it doesn't make sense for us to go there because by the time we got there, the heat death of the universe would happen <laughs> or the Lord would come again or, or something like that. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they set up this kind of spectrometer to, to point a, a radio a magnetic telescope at, at the sun. It registers a certain wavelength and you do that to different uh, chemicals as they burn they produce the same spectrum of light, and you go, oh, this has an iron core, or this is made up of uh, hydrogen and helium, or, or what have you. And so you're using something that you know, and then applying it to something you want to know, and then you can make the kind of the best inference from, from there. Yeah. You can always kind of change it based on new information coming in, uh, but that's a, that's a way that uh, you can use what you know to get to what you don't know yet. Right. Yeah. So the point is this. While truth is ultimately what matters when it comes to beliefs, we often can't immediately, immediately determine whether our beliefs or the beliefs of others 
are true or not. Right. So, so you know, uh, here we, we're aiming at truth. We want truth. We should believe something because it's true, right? But the question he's getting at here is how do we know it's true? Right. 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 So normally we have to rely on reasons. Right. Reasons that point us towards the truth. Reasons that indicate whether our beliefs or the beliefs of others really are true. So that's 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 kind of the goal. That's that's uh, that's one of the factors of philosophy is uh, not just evidence but reasons. Yeah, yeah. Give me and reasons are part of are part of evidence, Absolutely. right? Yeah. So give me a reason to believe that something is true, so that I I can take your you know that take it, that it is true. So that's in general, right? So we aim at truth, and we believe that we get there by giving reasons to believe whatever it, it, the issue is mm-hmm. is true. Okay, well, why should I believe Christianity then, right? That's right his the next heart. question, yeah. <laughs> right? He says, why should you believe Christianity? Ultimately, he says he wants to say because it's true there. So we can, you know, <laughs> Close it's the over. book, yeah. yep. <laughs> <right>. Short book. <laughs> yep. uh, he says, but as we've seen, it's not nearly enough for, for anyone to say uh, you should believe Christianity because it's true, right? Uh, what do you need? Well, you need Reasons. Right. <laughs> right? You should want to have reasons there um, that uh, to believe Christianity uh, is true is right. what he's trying to get at here. Right. So in the same uh, way that we should believe any beliefs, we need reasons to believe we should believe Christianity based on reasons to believe it. Right. 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 It's just not something that you uh, throw a couple dice into and you're like, okay, I'll go this direction. <laughs> um, although that's entirely a, a possible way of, of knowing things and has been done before. But right. uh, The dice right. method. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the dartboard like, method. Yeah, the yeah. coin method. Right. Right? Yeah. Let's flip a coin. Yeah. Ah, this is what's true. Why yeah. do you know it's it? Yeah, that's what Two-Face does. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get there, though, we have to consider those various reasons. However, it's important to be clear uh, uh, to clear away some uh, common misunderstandings about the idea of truth, particularly the idea of religious truth. Okay, so so before we talk about why we believe that Christianity is true, before we give the reasons, he wants to uh, consider some misunderstandings. Right, because, right? you know, oh, you just, you believe it because uh, it helps you and it's true for you. Let, let's go from there. And, you know, it, it doesn't really... Uh, no skin off my teeth type <laughs> attitude. Right. Like, oh, 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 that's nice. So you, you believe that uh, a snake god is, is underneath the, the crust of the earth and uh, volcanoes are the way that he consumes wow. the world. Yeah. Okay, that, if Good that for works you. for you, yeah. all right, sure. Yeah. That, and, that's the type of religious belief that we come to anticipate from uh, people who are cordial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's the first one that he deals with here. This section he calls, it's all relative. Good old relativism. <laughs> yeah. Not in terms of, you know, related uh, kinfolk, but, right, right. <laughs> but in terms of to individuals. Right? So he, he uh, talks about the American academic Alan Bloom, right? He opens his best-selling book, The Closing of the American Mind, with these words, quote, there's one thing a professor can be absolutely certain of. Almost every student entering the university believes or says he believes that truth is relative. Right. right. So there you are. Every virtually every student 
is holding to the fact that truth is relative, right? Okay, so what, what are we getting at here with regard to uh, this, this issue of relativism? Right. Well, let's, let's see what he has to say, right? right? Uh, so as uh, various surveys indicate, a majority of people believe that truth varies from person to person or from culture to culture. All right, so it's not just students, so we're not just picking on students. Right. Alan Bloom. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of people, the majority of people, right? right? right. Yeah, it, it's, it's the way that our culture, it's the way that our world has progressed, uh, whether good progression or bad progression, uh, I guess that's relative too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the idea that whatever's true for me may be may not be true for you, right. and whatever's true right. for you may not be true for me. Right? Truth is relative either to the individual, he says, or to the culture. The culture determines what's true, mm-hmm. right? Kind of thing. And and we did discuss this with uh, Nancy Piercy's Finding Truth book, mm-hmm. where she says that's not necessarily inaccurate to say. There are some truths that are relative to you that aren't relative to me, mm-hmm. um, uh, or, or, or vice versa. Right, uh, right. And it could depend on culture. There, there are certain truths about um, understanding of uh, I have the ability to walk on water. Well, if you say that to someone who's on the equator, who's never traversed outside their, their <laughs> little area area of between 60 and 80 yeah. degrees. Yeah, right. Right. They, they know that, that that could never happen but then you show them ice it's like oh i guess it is possible yeah so yeah. they didn't know it now they do yeah. uh so there's uh there's no such thing as truth in the absolute or universal sense that's what the relativists uh, insists right but is that true <laughs> but is it really true that all truth is relative wow. we go back to yeah. the, the standard claim of are you absolutely sure about yeah, that? Yeah. Well, that's the one thing that we know is absolutely <laughs> true. So when the question is put that way, you can perhaps already see why the claim all truth is relative is problematic. Yeah. Is it really true <laughs> that there, all truth is relative, right? right? Oh, wow. You know, yeah, that's, you know, clearly a contradiction. Right? Right. Or at least it's self-referentially uh, incoherent is what it's sometimes called. <laughs> so there's a sense in which some truth claims are personal uh, person relative. That's what you were getting right. at a little bit ago, right? Chocolate ice cream tastes great. Well, to some Blasphemy. people. <laughs> right? And Out of my others, country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to others, that may. Or some truth uh, claims are cultural, culture relatives, right? right? Yeah. It's polite to shake hands when you first meet someone, right? right? That's in a particular culture. In other cultures, it's polite to bow when you first meet someone, mm-hmm. right? So what's polite in that culture, what's true about what's polite, is uh, relative to the particular culture, right? And that's that's the nature of etiquette in general, mm-hmm. right? Etiquette is relative to the jurisdiction that you're in and the conventions that that particular jurisdiction has uh, come up with, right? right? Sure. But the idea that, um, um, you know, all truth claims, all truth claims are relative is actually, he says, quite irrational. Right, right. right. To, to, to extrapolate out from, oh, Certain people like different flavors of ice cream too. Math is <laughs> dependent on your own personal preference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's that's a, that's a little hinky. That's a little, 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 little tough to swallow. The ice cream's easier to swallow, <laughs> that's right. even if it is chocolate. <laughs> that's right. Take for example the claim that water has a chemical formula H two O. Is that person relative or culture relative? Wow. Probably, probably not. Yeah, Surely yeah. not. He I says. think that's reality. <laughs> relative, <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> you might label it certain things like, uh, you know, they're, it's language relative. So mm. hydrogen and Spanish might be a different word, but uh, what, what we're talking about is, uh, is sympathetic with, with each other uh, once you kind of get over that language barrier. Mm-hmm. But, you know, is, is this person or cultural relative? No. <clears throat> if it's true that 
if it's true, then it's an objective scientific fact. It lives outside person, culture, the, the you know, the, the world, um, you know, the, the, even the universe. There, there's an objective standard of what we can say looking back at the universe and say H2O is a chemical formula. For right. So objective here, we mean that it's uh, true independent of what I believe or what my culture believes, right? right? Or what anybody believes or what culture believes. Water is the, has the chemical formula of H2O independently of what anybody believes, right. right? That's what we mean by objective scientific fact. Mm -hmm. You you don't believe that there's a door because you've never been taught about doors or you, uh, you subscribe to a uh, philosophical religious understanding that you know <clears throat> it, uh, matter is just empty space and you just are accidentally running into uh, solid particles from time to time and I, I run into the door well <laughs> it, it just the door wasn't you know coalescing with my cultural understanding right, of right. my religious background of, of of what matter is yeah but <laughs> you ran into it and so the nose proves something. About it. <laughs> right. yeah. The bloody nose, right? So not only is uh, relativism, relativism, he tells us, implausible, but it's also, as I mentioned earlier, self-defeating is mm -hmm. what he says, right? Just consider, is the statement, all truth is relative, meant to be taken as true, right? right? Presumably those who make that claim think it is true. But if it's true then it's well, what it says must apply to the claim itself. So if all truth is relative, that has to include the truth that all truth is relative, right? Now we're starting to get have some problems. Right. Right. Because right. <laughs> then you go, well, then that one. Oh, yeah. Well, then that one. Yeah. And, well, then that one. And you just keep kind of going over it, over it, until pretty soon that that one truth becomes multiple truths right. that you so, have to say. So oftentimes when you're considering these claims, it's helpful to say, okay, if we apply the claim to itself, what happens? What does that get us, right? Mm -hmm. And if we apply the, this claim to itself, we have some serious problems, right? right? All truth is relative. Well, is that statement true or is it relative? Right. Right. If it's if it's true and not relative, then all truth isn't relative. If it's relative, then it's not true, at least for me. Right. Right. So you so, have to make kind of a counterclaim, like all truth is relative, except for the statement that yeah, all truth is relative. And then except for what I think. Right. 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 <laughs> right. And, and, and again, we, we saw this with, with Nancy Piercy is is there seems to be people that can see above and, and are are so That's cognitively, uh, you know, uh, hypersensitive yeah, yeah, that they yeah. can they, they can look upon us peons and go, I've <laughs> this is the way it above. really yeah. is, yeah, yeah, right. My well, the way I believe it, right. Yeah. And so it, then, but they still fall within a subjective value because they are also subjective. They can never get outside themselves, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So a lot of issues with it. So so the claim is really making a universal claim even though it's claiming that there are no universal right. claims, right? Which is kind of one of the starts that we want to do uh, as we dig into this book is, yeah. is, is to, to, to understand that, that right. point. So the problem is this. The claim that all truth is relative appears to be an absolute and universal claim about the nature right. of truth. Right. Well, we, we don't want that with <laughs> subjective value. Right. Uh, but, if that's, uh, if, but if it's that kind of claim, then the claim itself cannot be true after all. Right. It's a self-defeating claim. Right. Right. 
right? So it def- when you apply it to itself, it's right. it's defeated, right? right. And and so <clears throat> as presuppositionalists, that's where we kind of want to take people, and we want to have them look at their own um, uh, uh, internal uh, um, identity and see does it does it uh, does it fail? And so for the Christian worldview, we want to say that. The Christian worldview offers not only the best explanation, but the only explanation. That and so, allows us to know anything. Right. Right? And so we want other people to look at their internal worldview and see where it fails. Is it coherent? Right. Does it fit together, right? Or does it result in, you know, these types of things, mm-hmm. right? Self-defeating claims and that sort of thing. Right. And then uh, just the opposite, too, is that we invite uh, unbelievers to look at the internal uh, objections or, or the possible objections or the the claims of of the the Christian worldview and, and to, see if to, it's to see, coherent, right? Right. Yeah, so no one gets no, no one gets away from that's it. Right. That's <laughs> right. So at this point, someone might say, "Okay, I agree that some truth is objective." Right? <laughs> some, yeah. yeah. But what about religious claims? Aren't they're not like scientific claims, right? Or even historical claims. Right. I, and so this person says, "I think all religious truth is relative." Yeah, so, okay, fine, we'll, we'll give you, you know, your your non-relative, general, scientific, historical truths. <laughs> but what about religion, right? Religion is basically about personal values, says this person, or, you know, my personal goals or my personal lifestyle choices. And those are obviously person-relative or perhaps culture-relative. They aren't based, says this person, on objective facts. Mm-hmm. So there, religion, religious truth are relative. Yeah, so we'll carve that out. That's that, right. That'll be the difference. And we win anyway. The relativist wins. <laughs> <laughs> so such a perspective is quite common in our day, but again, that whole problematic is, uh, comes into play on several different levels. Mm. Its central flaw is that it's based on a false view of religion. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so it, it's, so it's, it's considering religion, so it's really built a... We might call this a straw man. Right. Right? I think that religion is like this. And, and then if I think religion is like this, then religion that I think is like this is relative. So their religion is relative. Yeah. Right? Okay, well, how is religion really? What is religion and how does it work really? Mm-hmm. Is it the way you believe it, it works, right? right? If it's not, then you're just trying to argue uh, a, fall, uh, uh, a straw man. Right. Right? You, you've built up something that isn't the case you torn it down and said, "Look, I've defeated all you know religion." Right, right. It's 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 that thinking that well, when you subscribe to a religion, it's just what you agree with. Now it might change you from here to there, but overall, you kind of say, "Oh, I agree with Christianity the most, or Buddhism the most," and then you kind of adopt it, and then it kind of adopts you, and you kind of go back and <laughs> forth a little bit, and yeah. then you know you you find a, a happy medium where you're not you know. Uh, uh, burning down other churches or, or other religions, but you're also not just, you know, going for the pumpkin pie. Right, exactly. And so this makes it person relative, right, right is right. the idea here. Right. But again, that's the, the false view of what religion is. It may be true that some religions are only about personal values, goals, and lifestyle choices, but that's not necessarily the case to right, be right. true of all. It, right. It's definitely not true for some of the major world religions. Right. Christianity, Islam, Judaism all make significant historical claims about what took place in the past. Right. Right. For example, while Christianity and Islam take very different views of Jesus, both maintain that Jesus was a real historical person who lived in Palestine 
uh, Palestine in the first century and performed miracles, right. right? They both believe that. If that's true, then that's objectively true, right? So either there was such a person or there wasn't such a person, <laughs> right? Either he performed miracles or he didn't perform miracles, right. right? So it's not, you can't say, well, it's relative to the Christian or it's yeah. relative to the... Or it's your personal not, values yeah, that determine yeah, whether or not Jesus exists yeah, and perform yeah. miracles. It doesn't, that doesn't quite have the same, same uh, truth tone to it. Uh, the claim that Jesus was executed by crucifixion but then rose from the dead has always been one of the defining claims of Christianity. All right, so there's another claim, right? So, you know, you have the same kind of issue mm-hmm. with that claim, right? Well, it's, it's just a, a cultural uh, <laughs> idea that Jesus rose from the dead. Um, as Some might believe that, but, uh, but here's a specific historical claim and a claim that was used to make a theological point. Hmm. Islam, on the other hand, denies that Jesus was crucified and resurrected. Uh-oh, now we have a problem. Now we're in conflict. Yeah. Could this central claim of Christianity be only relatively true? Hmm. Could it be true for some, like the Christians? And could it be not true for other people, like the Muslims? Hmm. It's very hard to make sense of that idea. Right. What in the world does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> so whether or not Jesus was crucified is a matter of objective historical fact, right? In other words, either he was or he wasn't, right? right? And he, so you can't say, well, it's relative to what in the world does that even mean, mm-hmm. right? If that central claim of Christianity is true, it has to be true, period, for everyone. It has to be true, period, everywhere, no matter who you are, or what uh, you, know, you happen to believe, or what, how you feel about it. If it's true, it's true, Right? And uh, the same applies if the central claim uh, of Christianity isn't true. If it isn't true, then it isn't true. Right? Seems pretty straightforward. But <laughs> at the same time, we have to remember that uh, if this seems straightforward to you, it's what uh, most people now are regarding as um, uh, the, the the wrong the, position, the, right? Because the, they're relativists, right? right? right. Yeah. Uh, but to even say wrong, again, look at it. So <laughs> yeah. We can always go down that yeah, road. You can't say it. Yeah, yeah, you can't say that's wrong. Might be wrong for you. But. Right. Oh, so, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in summary, uh, while the claim that all religious truth is relative has a superficial plausibility to it, it doesn't stand up to scrutiny when uh, you consider the actual truth claims made by major world religions. Uh, th- things that take place in history, things that uh, have... A, a thing that happens, you know, if, if uh, um, Jesus rose from the dead, he either did or he didn't, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the where Paul and the apostles uh, and the, the, the early church fathers, and even today, we pretty much hang our hats on. If Jesus yeah. did not raise from the dead, then we're all dead men who are still dead in our sin. In fact, we're worse than that because we're preaching a lie right. and, and leading people on the path to destruction. Mm-hmm. All right, and so um, that's kind of the first section here of uh, this particular chapter. Perhaps we want to just kind of leave it there and then pick the rest of this up uh, next time. Yeah, yep. Um, uh, again, uh, if, if this seems too slow for you, uh, it gets uh, um, uh, much lot. more headier. Yeah, um, as we get along in it, yeah. And, and so uh, if this is too heady for you, Go back, listen to it again, uh, pick up the book. Uh, it, uh, again, the, the rest of the book, while it, it delves deeper into it, uh, it goes at a, at a well-put pace and uh, uh, th- things like transcendental argument. Well, what is that? Well, <laughs> we, we, take, we take care of that. that that's our job. But also 
uh, James Anderson does uh, a, a good job of, of writing this. Again, this is kind of a, a, a basic primer of presuppositional apologetics without saying presuppositionalism is, a, uh, is defined by Van Til is stated as blah, 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 you know? <laughs> so, um, so again, uh, pick up the book, all the links provided below and uh, share, like, subscribe, uh, you know, e- even clicking the, the upvote or the downvote. I think Thumbs all the homework. Up. Yeah, we, we would appreciate it. <laughs> or if you're in Australia, thumbs down <laughs> that that's relative <laughs> so we appreciate it and uh hopefully uh you'll uh enjoy uh joining us on on this book as we uh look into um uh, why we should believe christianity yeah. so we'll see you next time all right